to Faith, Love, and Therapy, a podcast to encourage and inspire. I'm your host, Jamie Johnson, and I'm a clinical social worker working in the field of mental health for the last 10 years. I believe this podcast is God-inspired and will be God-led. And I thank you for joining me as we peel back the layers of mental health from a faith perspective. So just I want you to remember that you can reach out to me at any time on faithlovetherapy at gmail.com. Email me questions that you'd like to see or like to see answered on the podcast. You can send it and ask to be kept anonymous. So feel free to email any questions, faithlovetherapy at gmail.com that you'd like to see uh, answered on the podcast. Also go find me on instagram.com at faith, love, and therapy podcast. That's Instagram, faith, love, and therapy podcast. And don't forget if you're watching us on YouTube to like, comment, subscribe, share. That's how people are able to find out uh, the content, see the content, and have some questions answered, which I think will be great. Um, So it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think statistics right now say that there's about 10% of the world's population, the world's population that's affected by mental health. And that's 20% of children and adolescents suffer from some type of mental disorder. And that's coming from um, the World Bank Group uh, as a source in April of 2020. And what we've seen as clinicians has actually been a rise, a significant rise in adolescent and youth uh, mental health um, diagnoses and needs, not always a a, a clinical diagnosis, but their mental health has um, taken a lot of hits with COVID and with uh, being home and learning from home where school was probably an outlet for, for many, uh, for many children. Um, And socially we can see how it affects us being home. So right now with mental health awareness month, if you follow me on Instagram, I each week, each beginning of the week, which I consider Sunday, um, I have listed five reasons to make an appointment this month to see a therapist. And I just want to go some more into why it's important, um, to see an to see a therapist, to have a conversation with a therapist. Um, So first I'll I'll just start with a few um, of the major questions that I get, the most common questions that I get as a therapist. And the number one is, why would I need to go see a therapist? Why should I go? So like I said, you can see some of the answers on Instagram, but I'd I'd like to touch on a couple of them uh, a bit more. Most of what I hear people say is, there's nothing wrong with me. And so the idea that going to therapy is because something is wrong is not a clear um, concept. It's it's actually not, it's not beneficial. It's not helpful because the reason that many of us go to therapy is to be able to sort out some things mentally and emotionally. So there does not have to be a, you know, breakdown or a, I'm not hearing voices or I'm not, you know, I'm not severely depressed. I'm not, you know, having this whole mental disorder that I think would be considered crazy. That is probably the most common term that I hear. Whereas many of us go to therapy because we need to work something out and being able to sit in front of a professional who can help us to sort out the things that we're thinking, feeling, and doing so that we can see them better is beneficial. 
So a lot of what I do in session is I listen to what is going on with my client. I also observe kind of their body language. I observe um, emotionally how things are moving them and I talk to them about it. It's really having a conversation about what is going on on the inside rather than keeping it in or um, acting a certain way. So when we think about our behavior, um, there is there is a cycle. There's thought which leads to feelings, which leads to a certain behavior. That behavior could be uh, sleeping more. Why am I sleeping so much more? Well, when I think about all of the things I have to do, I get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I feel drained. And when I feel drained, I I desire to sleep. And so making that connection in a therapist's office, they can kind of help you establish a plan of how, how can I, you know, how can I decrease the feelings of um, exhaustion? How can I, you know, Uh, take some of the things off my plate? How can I delegate? Who is in my support system? So having that other person, that therapist who is, you know, not, not biased because we don't know you outside of this particular appointment, um, to really just help you establish a new direction. And some might say, well, I could do that with my friends. Yeah, sometimes you can, sometimes you can, but to want to do that consistently with a friend, to do things that may feel more therapeutic with a friend kind of sometimes can affect the relationship in a way that is, um, puts a bit more on it than some may want. Um, There are some other things that are just private and we don't necessarily know how to communicate that with with our peers, with our friends. So being able to have, again, someone who is not biased, someone who's not going to hold anything against us, someone who's not going to bring it back up in a setting that is safe, um, gives you the opportunity to be transparent and to have someone who has training in helping you to develop a plan that will improve your overall mental health and wellness. So that's some of the, you know, one of the reasons to go. Also, there could be some things within relationships that you're seeing. Why am I consistently having the same kind of pattern within relationships? Not necessarily just romantic, but um, friendships. You know, there are some people that are like, I don't know why I can't really hold on to friends. Like friendships don't seem to last for me. While when we have an understanding that some some things are seasoned, you know, we're not going to have the same friends forever. But if we're seeing a pattern of how all of these relationships are ending, okay, I can sit in front of someone and start peeling back the layers. I can begin saying, you know, talking about the things that are happening and from an outside perspective, the, the therapist can be the observer in each situation and see things that we're too close to see. And so I think that's another good reason to come to therapy. I think most people that end up coming to therapy are, I'd say 90% are talking about someone who refuses to go to the therapy in their life. And I think many people have heard that. And that there is some truth to that. So a lot of times we we make our way to therapy because of difficult relationships we had in childhood, um, difficult experiences we had in childhood. Doesn't have to be abuse or neglect because I get many clients who haven't experienced that and they'll get on the couch and they say, my, well, my childhood was fine. You know, I didn't, I wasn't abused and they want to emphasize that. I wasn't treated badly. Like I had a good life. That's wonderful. And I'm not saying that you're, you, you have to come to therapy because you had a terrible life. But there are some messages that we learned and there are some behaviors that we developed. And so sometimes there's there's an instance where um, people will develop my value, uh, a value based on uh, performance, performance based based value. And with that, it's hard to see my good if I'm not producing something. 
And so that typically comes from, that's a learned behavior that is kind of ingrained, whether it is because my performance has always been celebrated. And so I see that as what makes me valuable. The things that I produce, the things that I bring forth is what people like about me. And so I like it as well. And that gives me energy and that gives me, you know, the feeling of uh, wholeness or I have purpose. I hear that a lot. It makes me feel like I have purpose, but when we sit with that over the years, that gets difficult because as human beings, we will not always perform perfectly. We will not always meet every goal that we set. We will not always win. There are going to be some losses. And so if our value is attached to the fact that we need to win in order to feel it, then we are going to have an issue at some point in our life. And so to be able to sit down with a therapist who can kind of say, hey, Do you see this trend? Do you see this pattern in your life? Because you're going to hit a roadblock at some point. And when you have a failure, what is perceived as a failure, which, you know, you all know, I think failure is just a lesson. But when you hit this lesson and you can't recover the way that you want to recover, then your mood starts to be affected because you don't seem to have the same enthusiasm about life because this is what you have made your life about. And so sitting down with a therapist who, one, can help you to see that clearly and see how it manifests in your behavior in every area of your life, not just at work, but it's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect, you know, how you show up in the world. But when you sit down, a therapist can really sit with, hey, here are some alternatives. Here's a different perspective. Maybe think about this. And as you're sitting with the things that the therapist is sharing with you, it gives you an opportunity to see yourself from a different lens. And that's incredibly important. So why should I go to a therapist? Because you're a human being and you're going to have some difficult times and everything cannot be solved by the people that surround you. Everything will not be solved by the people that surround you. And there are people that are trained There are people that are trained that know how to have a conversation that brings about information that can, after that, bring about transformation. And so allowing someone who is trained to do that, um, to be a part of your situation, to be a part of your growth is an amazing thing. Now I hear the other side, the people that are, um, you know, my, my faith-based believers. Well, I sit with God and he does that. Absolutely. I sit with God and he does it too. But he also does it through other people in my life, Um, messages that I hear. He uses everything. So for us to limit God to just that moment with him in prayer, when he wants to incorporate other people in your life, he wants to show you other ways. And he knows that there are so many distractions that we have that using other people is beneficial. He's going to use whatever ever will help us to receive the message. And for some people, it's going to be therapy. For some people, it's going to be sitting with a therapist who can help us help clear out all the clutter. And then you can get quiet enough to actually hear what God is saying. So for those of us that believe, and I'm one of them, and I'm wearing my faith and my Jesus and therapy shirt um, that I love, because you can have both. It doesn't mean I think one is superior to the other. It means I choose to utilize both in my healing and in my growth. So that's one of the, that's, you know, that's one of the things I want you to hold on to. 
Another major question that I get is what can I expect when I go? Because I'm nervous about going. And I'll be honest, I've had clients that'll tell me um, they missed the first session and they rescheduled and they'll apologize. And they'll say, I was here. I was in a parking lot. I just couldn't like, I couldn't come in for some reason. I couldn't pull myself to do it. And, you know, and I celebrate that they decided to come in the second time because they didn't know what to expect. When you see a therapist, you're going to make your appointment. Hopefully before you've done that, you've done a little research. You found this therapist and kind of what their specialties are. Um, Psychology Today is a good resource. Um, Therapist for Black Girls is a good resource. Online, just searching therapist in your local area. And you can typically find a profile that includes a picture and includes a brief description of like what they do, um, what populations, meaning um, uh, what, what, type of, um, excuse me, diagnoses or what individuals, because there's some that are, you know, they know that they're great with women. And so they, they do work with women. Um, there are some that, um, work well with the LGBTQ community. And so that they include that as well. So being able to know what populations they serve, sometimes how long they've been in practice, you'll see, So you'll get a a bit of information, but once you make your appointment, you've done your research, you've kind of said, okay, I like this person. I want to, um, set up an initial assessment. That's usually what you'll have. Some will do a, a, um, a consultation, which may be like 30 minutes or under, um, just to kind of meet and do a quick, you know, meet and greet, so to speak. Um, but the initial assessment or the initial appointment, there's a lot of questions, Um, Because the therapist is first gathering information. So they're gathering why you decided to come. They're gathering history. They want to know family history. They want to know any symptoms or experiences or what specifically you're dealing with that you would like to work through in therapy. They're also going to ask medical history. They're going to ask... uh, relational history. They're going to ask about trauma and abuse. They're going to ask about anything that may affect you. Um, they're going to ask about your sleep, your appetite, all of these things. Um, and don't get defensive on the things that they ask because it's really just trying to get a big picture in maybe a one to two hour span, depending on um, what is set aside for assessments. Um, and so they're trying to get as much of the picture as they can. And then over the course of the next appointments, they're continuing to gather data, gather information. And it's not something um, to say, oh, okay, well, yeah, something's really wrong with you. It's in order to say, okay, well, how can we, ha- can I, first, the therapist is thinking, okay, is this someone that I know that I could assist? Because all of us don't have the same um, one some of us are, are specialized in certain areas. Others, you know, may not have that particular specialty, but we may hear what's going on with you and think, okay, this, this probably, uh, this individual may benefit from, you know, someone who specializes in DBT therapy or someone who works with uh, trauma informed care. So, you know, and, and the therapist may say, Hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to provide the support. And that's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because there's training that I think, this individual has that would be best suited for you. So you'll you'll answer a lot of questions. You'll talk. There may be tears. I mean, I think some people come in and they're like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to do this. Be okay with feeling what you feel because the therapist needs to know that. They need to know where you are. So expect to answer several questions. Expect 
you know, possibly do some paperwork. Um, a lot of them are trying to get the paperwork done ahead of time so that the appointment is strictly just conversation and taking notes and, and, um, setting up for the next appointment. So the expectation that something, um, you know, abnormal is going to go on, you know, it's, it's really very simple. Um, but it, we know that it's a big step for you. So we try to be very, very gentle with it. Um, some people say, well, what should I tell the therapist? Well, I think initial appointment, the major concerns. And when I say major concerns, the things that you ruminate about, the things that you think about often and kind of think, well, you know, why am I like this? Why is this like this? I want this gone. I want this fixed. I want to do better. I want to, the things that you, that kind of take your mind, um, the space in your mind often. So really talking about those things. Um, there are some people that because they have such a significant trauma history, they only give a few points and they may say I have a lot of trauma and that's okay because through the course of treatment over the next couple of appointments, there should be more dialogue about what that, uh, trauma included, not necessarily specific, um, to the events and, and what happened in the moment, but the type of trauma so that the therapist can have a view of what what treatment, uh, what course of treatment they should take. So, um, tell the therapist what is happening with you. Tell the therapist who's involved in your life and who's supportive, who is not supportive that may be impacting you. Tell the therapist, um, if you're struggling with substances or if you're using something to numb the pain, or if you are, um, feeling like you may want to be on medication Tell the therapist these things. Um, are there things that you should not tell the therapist? Um, I think I think it really lies within your personal boundaries, um, understanding the nature of the relationship. So a therapeutic relationship is not a friendship, um, but you'll find with you know a therapist that you like that you'll have moments that feel just comfortable and you can laugh together and you can have jokes you know tell jokes and and you know have kind of sidebar not sidebar conversations but not as um as intense conversations and so it seems friendly but it's a very professional relationship and part of developing rapport or developing that relationship may include laughter I use humor all the time because I think it's healing but it also helps people to see that I'm not I'm not a threat I'm not trying to make you feel bad about what you're experiencing and I'm also not trying to scare you Um, I really just want to help in in what way I'm able to help because I can't do it all Um, so yes I would say don't you know there's not necessarily a specific, don't tell the therapist this. It's more so, um, being able to know what is important and what is kind of, I don't necessarily need to go into all of this because I'm not needing assistance for it. You'd be surprised of the things that'll come out later because that's just kind of the nature of, of therapy. Um, another question is, Uh, I I get often is what if I go and I don't like the therapist? So I want you to think of going to therapy like you would go to any other provider. If you go to a physician and you go for an initial visit with a doctor, this is a new appointment and you meet the doctor, you don't like how the doctor's talking to you. You don't like the nature. You don't like how the, you know, the, the lobby is set up. You don't like the front desk. You don't like what's happening. You don't feel good 
when you're in there. Um, most of us don't go into the, to the doctor's office like, oh, I'm excited. But we do want to have a sense of like, OK, it's clean. It's comfortable. The people are courteous. There are certain things that we look for. So the same thing with a therapist. If you go and you're like, oh, no, I didn't really like how that went. You don't have to go back. You could choose another therapist. I am in my sessions, my initial sessions, I even leave kind of a window for many people. And I'll say, you know, feel free to take time to think about how you felt about this assessment. And you can schedule an appointment when you're, when you're ready. And they'll, some will pause because they're looking at me like, uh, I kind of want to do it now. And so I give them a moment and I'm like, if you want to do it now, it can be done before you left. But I just want to make sure that you have time to think about it. And some will say, oh, no, 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 go ahead. I want to, I, I want to schedule now. That's fine. Some others will say, I do want to think about it because I want to talk to my parents about it or I want to talk to my uh, spouse about it. Fabulous. Please do that. And then they'll call back and schedule or some don't because they realize I want to check with somebody else who might be different or might have a different approach that, you know, I might vibe with better. That is the right thing to do. I say, you know, I say it in a joking way. I'm like, shop your therapist, shop your therapist, because this is a relationship that you're going to build over the course of uh, months. Sometimes you're in therapy for, for a few years. So you want to feel comfortable. I also say that there are some that are like, I don't really know. We'll give it a few sessions. You know, by the third, fourth session, you'll know. You'll know. Sometimes by that good second session, you're good. Um, but take the time to make sure that you feel, and I don't mean feel f- like a friend, but you feel comfortable talking to this person. The environment feels welcoming. How they communicate with you is something that you're receptive to. So those are all things to think about. Um, so if you don't like your therapist, after that initial assessment, whether it's online or it's face-to-face, do not return. Just don't do that. Um, Another question I get is, what is the difference between a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and like a therapist? So many people will say, um, they'll say, I want to make an appointment with the doctor. So until God sends, you know, the word for me to get my doctorate, that is not something I have. But many, you know, I've had many clients that'll say, you know, Dr. Johnson, I'm like, mm, no, uh, that might be prophetic. I don't know. But um, so a psychiatrist is one who prescribes. So if you have a psychiatrist appointment, they're going to do an assessment too, but they're doing an assessment to see what type of medication would be beneficial. And for some, because there is there is a hormonal imbalance going on, there's a chemical, um, there's a chemical issue within the mind medication helps to regulate that so that then you can start doing, you can do therapy and really take in the information and apply it. There are some people that are not on medication for the rest of their lives. There are some people that in, in some degree, they're on some sort of medication for many, many years and that's okay. Um, the hard part is that medication does require, you know, you have to figure out what the right one is for you. So don't be afraid to talk about that or to have a consultation or even say, what would be my, um, what would be my options in regards to a medication, to medication when you have an appointment with a psychiatrist. Now, psychiatrists are not the only ones that can prescribe. So they're like nurse practitioners, they're other medical providers, but you want to, I'm just speaking regarding when people ask me the difference between these. So a psychologist can also uh, treat in regards to therapy, but they also are able to do, um, depending on their, their, um, training, 
they'll do testing. So testing for specific diagnosis, testing for um, level of intelligence, things of that nature. But they also provide therapy as well. Um, and then therapist or counselor is someone that is trained to provide a um, the, the talk therapy, other sorts of therapy, because there could be art therapy, there could be music therapy, there could be, you know, there are different forms of therapy. And that's why I say do your research and figure out kind of the different approaches that um, the provider may utilize. So um, the, the difference ultimately is the training, the background what they went to school specifically to do. Um, and then looking at their, their, their profile kind of gives you an idea of what approach you want to take. Is this someone I want to talk to? Is this someone I want to communicate with? Is this someone that I want to help me? Um, and then, like I said, shop around, make a decision based on after you've kind of seen a few, unless you find one, you're like, okay, this is a home run, but it's okay. It really is okay to check with two or three, to, to make sure that you are comfortable. Um, and another one is what should I look out for when I go? So, and, and I think when people ask me that they're asking kind of like if some, how do I know if it's not right? And I think part of it is that like, trust your gut, trust your gut that something is not, this doesn't feel um, helpful. It doesn't feel beneficial, but also look for, you know, be able to be comfortable with asking your therapist questions. I always leave room, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of my um, assessments or any appointments um, and say, do you have any questions for me? And some, a lot because they're nervous will say, no, I don't have any. I said, okay, you know, make sure you write some things down that you may think of after the appointment and feel free to ask me next time. So ask your therapist questions. Be okay with that. Um, what should you look for? Look for an environment that makes you feel like you want to sit there for an hour and talk to this person. Um, look for someone that, who is engaged. I also want to say, don't, don't, I don't, don't think or put your therapist on a pedestal. So a therapist will have difficult days or, or days where they appear fatigued because they probably are, um, but it's not usually related to the client. So, um, but also make sure that you're looking for someone who looks like they want to be there, that are excited about being um, a part of your journey, uh, that communicate well, that ask questions that make sense, uh, that respond to what you're saying, because I've, you know, I've heard reports of, like I was, I was telling them that I was feeling this and feeling this and they were just saying, oh, that's probably nothing or, you know, okay, we'll just, you know, don't really worry about that or I don't think that's what it really is. Make sure that you are feeling heard. Just like when you go see a medical provider, make sure that you feel heard in that particular session. Um, and that's another thing when people say, well, I, I don't really need therapy. Okay, that's great. But I also say, Make sure you are not thinking of it from the context of because I'm not having, you know, a complete breakdown. I don't need a therapist because the same way that you do an annual appointment with a medical provider to see if everything is OK is similar to being able to see a therapist for a few months to make sure that emotionally you're well. Emotional wellness is incredibly important. Um, and that kind of goes to what if I don't really have major, major problems. A therapist or seeing a therapist is not because I am needing to be put in a psych ward. 
Some that may be what they need, but sometimes understand y'all I'm going to a therapist because I want to sort some things out. Um, and that kind of goes into why I, excuse me, went into therapist, into therapy myself as an individual, as a, or, you know, as a, before I became a therapist, um, I went into it because I felt stuck in my career. And so, and I knew it was affecting, I knew it was emotionally connected. I knew there was fear connected. And so being able to sit with my therapist who I still have and see on and off, um, cause she's amazing to be able to sit with her and just process some things and her suggest or encourage or share insight that, that I couldn't see because again, I was too close to it, um, has been life changing, you know, in every season of my life. Um, and, and this is something that I'm, I'm absolutely, I realize how passionate I am about it. And I didn't choose to be um, a therapist in, in my, my journey. I actually wanted to be um, like grassroots working in impoverished neighborhoods, helping to, pe- you know, helping people to overcome. And as my journey has moved forward, I realized that, you know, my vision wasn't the full vision and what God had planned for me was something more. And so I am so connected to what I do now. And I love it because I realize that my purpose is going to be carried out in multiple ways. And it's not just what I initially initially envisioned when I was young. And that part of that came from sitting with my therapist and being able to see myself clearer Um, And then understanding my attachment and how powerful transformation and growth is and how it excites me and how I want to see it for other people. And so being able to link yourself with someone who's really willing to help you with that is amazing. So don't worry about, you know, don't overthink the process. Don't convince yourself that you don't need it. Just be open to receiving support and insight that you may not have received in other environments. So I hope this was helpful. This is a few of the major questions that I receive as a therapist. For Don't forget that you can send me a question um, via email at faithlovetherapy at gmail.com. Again, I can answer it anonymously um, if you'd like to in an episode. Also, if you log on to Instagram and find me at Faith, Love, and Therapy Podcast, you can uh, send me a message and ask a question that way. And if you'd like to be uh, kept anonymous as well, just say that and I can answer the question via the podcast or even on the platform. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. I thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Faith, Love, and Therapy.